Hey, let's talk to the icon, Steve Vai. He's got a CD digital download coming out January 27th and then a vinyl February 24th. It's Vi Gash, and it's uh, got a great background story. So let's talk to Steve. Steve, how are you? Good morning, Steve Vai. Hey. Good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, thank your people for forwarding us, not only the song, but all this information, because we played Let's Jam just for us in the studio, and we're going to uh, enjoy it on the air here when you hang up. But Let's uh, Jam, we heard it, and we're a classic rock station, and we were like, well, of course we can play. That sounds like it was done 30 years ago. And then I read further down, it was done 30 years ago. Yeah, 31, yeah. It, it's a kind of a, a, a odd thing. Uh, you know, the kind of music I've been doing for many decades now is more sort of instrumental rock. Mm -hmm. But I, I carved my teeth on 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 classic rock because I was a teenager in the 70s. And yeah. I always had that in my uh, blood, you know. And I also had motorcycle culture. I loved riding when I was a kid. And all through my life, and uh, when I moved out to California, I was finally able to get a Harley and be part of the Harley culture in the late 80s and 90s. And a friend of mine, uh, John Sombrato, from the East Coast, very East Coast, you know, New York biker, Italian, <laughs> crazy, lovable, insane, unpredictable, charming kind of a guy. And he has an interesting story to his life. When he was 21, he was riding his motorcycle along these power lines and he got lost. So he decided to climb um, one of those towers to kind of see where he was. And while he was up there, up there, the, the electric arced and went through his body Oh no! and he fell 30 feet onto a barbed wire fence and caught fire. And 60% of his body was just, uh, you know, burnt and he miraculously survived. And eventually moved out to California, and you know we were really close. And he was a biker, and we just started doing rides together, and you know part of that whole thing. And it's a great culture, you know. If you talk to people that are into Harley's and oh, we have a bike night at our station, yeah, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Awesome. Yeah, you know the yeah. drill, brother. Absolutely. You know? And you know uh, we're doing all these great rides, all these groups, and going to all these rallies. And I just had this feeling to record a record that just really suited that lifestyle straight ahead great melodies great singing uh uplifting and just capturing that feeling of you know on the road freedom so to speak and i blasted it out in like a week and when i was finished i needed vocals and i didn't i didn't have anybody to sing i actually didn't know that gash could sing and he didn't even know either, you know, <laughs> but I'd listened to his voice and, you know, I tried singing on it, but it was an abysmal disaster because I don't have a rock and roll voice. Yeah. And I just said, but, you know, I grabbed him, I brought him in the studio and I just said, okay, sing this, sing that. And I got to tell you, I was stunned with what came out of his mouth. It was just this unbelievably authentic. Uh, yeah. Just ca ca I agree. charismatic, you know, and it was all there, you know, and I was just stunned. And we, were, I put him on this record and we had it and we were listening uh, while we were riding and it, and it was great. And then um, I was in the middle of another project. So I had to get back to that. And I was planning on finishing that. It was Sex, Relig Sex and Religion was that record. And then I was going to go back and, you know, work out some more songs, perhaps, because I only had eight of them with Gash. 
And one of them I had written with uh, Nikki Six from Motley Crue many years ago. And I demoed Gash on that, so I had that. But when I wanted to go back and work on it, Gash was tragically killed in a motorcycle accident. Oh. Yeah, so I, I had all this music, and I, I was just so disheartened, I just took the whole thing and threw it on the shelf for 30 years. And I started listening to it, uh, you know, pr- again, perhaps 20 years ago, and I just it just brought back all that uh, wonderful oh. memories and feelings. And I, I just w- I listened to it for 20 more years and then just decided, okay, now's the time. And I had it mixed, and... Boom! There it, it is. It sounds oh. it sounds great, and it's you know it we mentioned, really sounds great. It, it's coming out Thank in vinyl you. in February. So Steve, when I was a kid, I picked up fa- a Passion and Warfare on CD, and I fell uh-huh. in love with it. Man, you'd go to a dude's house and he had a guitar. No one could. You were so good. You're so good. No one can <laughs> play your dude. It's I'm not. You know how good you are, right? Uh, <laughs> is this when it comes to vinyl? Because you were, you know, super huge, you know, in that, in the era when, you know, you would put out an album, you could sell, you know, 500,000 to a million copies. How much vinyl did you put out during your career? Or is this the first one? Well, vinyl, you know, kind of had ebbs and flows to it. Yeah. You know, obviously back 70s, 80s, vinyl was huge. And, you know, it's it's a particular type of listening experience. And then the digital age came and it kind of faded, but... There's also this, um, there's a sound and a feeling in, in vinyl because it's all analog. I think people just started to have a pull to it again because it's, it's a romantic idea too, you know, vinyl. Mm-hmm. You get the, you know, fetish, the artwork and all right. that stuff. So it's big now, you know, it's, uh, in many countries, uh, you know, vinyl is sells, outsells CDs. And you're and we should say your artwork on your album, fantastic. Where'd you come up with all the ideas? Oh, you're referring to which record? Did oh, all, I thought all. No, I'm mean, Passion and Warfare, and all the way through, I thought your uh, art, your album covers were very creative. Oh, thanks. You know that that's where you gotta kind of surround yourself with uh, like-minded art, artistic people. And I was lucky enough to just always seem to work with great artists in that direction so i work with them and you know give them ideas and they send back stuff and go back and forth and until it's like ah there it is okay so when when you do because you've worked with so many people outside of your solo career when you record with either david lee roth white snake alice whoever it is and knowing how good you are do they let you just do you where you hear the lyrics and the music and then all right i'm at my part is that how it usually works when they work with you oh yeah yeah they they depend on you to bring the goods and and you do always, well i've always had that um that side of me that just loved rock music so i whenever i would approach any of that stuff with anybody else first you look and you say what does this how can I contribute appropriately, you know? And uh, they've always been, anybody I've ever worked with has always been, well, except for Frank Zappa, because he wrote the music and he had a particular way that he liked it to 
actually performed. <laughs> you know, but, you're uh, being polite. Roth, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> with Dave Roth, it's just like you go out there and you blow up the bridge. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And uh, Steve Vai is with us this morning. The uh, new album Vai Gash comes uh, on CD on the 27th. That's this Friday, and then uh, on vinyl. As Torg just mentioned, on the 24th of February. Steve, I think you and I are just about the same age. And when you look back, you mentioned the the 70s music that you grew up on and your favorite DJs and everything. I don't think we're ever going to have another era, whether it's 70 to 85, 73 to, I mean, that that golden era, I don't think in our lifetime we're ever going to see anything quite like that again. Do you agree with that? I, I, I unfortunately have to agree with you. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe we'll see something else and maybe the kids that are, embracing you know the airwaves are getting something different but i think when you when you go back to your glory years in your mind everything is always better well that's true <laughs> yeah 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 that's a good you're point you're absolutely right hey but, yeah. i'm sorry to say it was better don't you think oh absolutely I think so, yeah hey steve when you put together your music i'm just curious about the thought process because we've had guys on and they come up with a little riff and then they the the you know the lyrics come to their head but for you let's say something pops into your head I mean, do you have to quickly grab a guitar and record it? How's the process when you put something together work for you? Well, I, I think for I think for people who are like geniuses, they they have access to ideas at all times. But guys like me, I have to wait for the the the, the fairies to of of you <laughs> know inspiration to sprinkle their dust on me. And when that happens, I kind of know it, and I immediately do everything I can to at least capture the, a snippet. Sure. Of the, of the inspiration. And usually I just do that on my iPhone, you know, because oh, if, okay. if you grab a little piece of it, then you can unpack it later because it's all in there. It's all in the one little piece. Hey, where do you? Well, like an old comedian writing half a joke on a cocktail <laughs> napkin. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Steve, where do you keep your Grammys? Do you have like a uh, little trophy room? I'm, I'm ashamed to say yes. Yeah. No, that's, you know, when we ask people about getting like an Oscar or awards, I mean, usually people have a room and it's it's pretty cool. So what's in it? Is it like uh, any favorite guitars? Uh, or Hendrix just, guitar? Yeah, what, what do you, you got, got in there? Well, well, I actually, uh, in my studio, in the room that has all the guitars festooning the walls, I had uh, little alcoves carved and I, you know, when you get a Grammy, I mean, I've had, I got them quite a while ago. You, it, it's like, you know, heaven in a cup. You know, yeah. I feel like I've arrived and, you know, I, I actually went the extra nine yards or my ego did, <laughs> you know, to make, to make these little displays. And it's nice. It's, you know, you walk but, in, it's like, whoa, he's got Grammy. But I think yeah. you, but Steven, I'm not blowing smoke up your butt, but I think you've deserved, I think you, you, when you think, uh, you know what I mean? You're, you've reached a status where everybody knows you, everybody knows you're one of the guitar- greatest guitarists. I think, hey, put, showing a Grammy, not a lot of guys have it. Hey, um, do you care? You know, we talk, we're at rock radio, and we talk about greatest guitarists, and Rolling Stones put out a list, or Guitar World. Do you even pick that crap up? Does it, does it even, you know, do you even care about that stuff? Well, it, it, the way I feel about that has changed through the years. You know, obviously in the beginning when all of a sudden you, you're coming on the radar, of these awards, you're thinking, oh, man, oh, hey, I, I, I'm arriving. Oh, my God, look, you know. But then, um, you know, you realize that all of these uh, polls and awards, they're, they, they're different 
in every place that you read them because the readers are different. And uh, so it's kind of, you know, you, you got to take it with a grain of salt. But I will say, uh, I feel like I've lived a charmed career because I do appear in a lot of these lists. Yeah, you're like top 10, top 15 at the very, if someone, if someone has you like outside the top 15, then people get angry. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, what you know, we'd be remiss before we we cut you loose here. We got to so Jeff Beck uh, recently passing, of course. Uh, Man, we're losing some biggies here. Any Jeff Beck memories? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've I've been blessed to be able to. I've met Jeff on multiple occasions, and he was always just one of the things about Jeff. Besides, obviously, his unearthly guitar playing. He had a great sense of humor. He was a, he was funny. He was like a seventeen year old, you know. <laughs> and he he was uh, always kind of like uh, was shy in a sense, but when he picked up and played, and really, you know, people that don't that, that uh, maybe not a part of the guitar community or listen to that kind of thing, they know Jeff Beck as being you know this great guitar player, but. I'm here to tell you because I can I can claim to be an authority on it. Yeah. yeah. He he was he was unearthly. He was something else. He really was. And he left us when I think of Jeff, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's the the sadness of the loss, but I mean, come on, the guy lived to be 78 and was still evolving and still getting better. That's un, unbelievable. And uh, so I just feel so much yeah. appreciation when I think of Jeff. Hey, Steve, uh, who, when you were a kid and we were talking about vinyl earlier, what was the album that you just wore out because it got you inspired to do what you do? Kind of the, insp- you might have owned. What turned you yeah, on? What, what got you going where you just played the crap out of it where your parents are yelling at you? Led Zeppelin 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. See, we're the same age. When I heard when I heard that solo in Heartbreaker by Jimmy Page, that was it for me. That's when I decided, sure. okay, I don't, I'm not going to be shy about this anymore. I'm 12 years old. I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> well, the CD comes. The, the CD comes out Friday. We're going to enjoy the uh, yeah, the first single. Jam, we're going to yeah. do a little Let's Jam here. Steve, I thank you so so much. Uh, you guys rock. Thanks so much. Cheers. Bye bye.